Welcome to the Investing Experts Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Kahn, and today my guest is Steve Kress, the head of quant strategy at Seeking Alpha. You can always get a full transcript of these episodes at the Investing Experts page on Seeking Alpha. Just head over to the homepage, type Investing Experts into the search box. And don't forget, if you're looking for a comprehensive look at what's going on in the markets each day, we have our Wall Street Breakfast podcast out before 7 a.m. Eastern Time and our follow-up Wall Street Lunch up at noon. You can find them at Seeking Alpha or wherever you get your podcasts. Steve, thanks a lot for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your uh, podcast. So we want to look at the broader market first, or at least the market performance, what we're seeing in the second half of the year so far. We're a month and a half into it versus what we saw in the first half. The numbers, we had a huge run-up in uh, certain sectors and tech stocks in the first half of the year, and um, a very strong 16% gain in the S&P 500 for the first half, and an even stronger jump of nearly 40% in the NASDAQ 100 in the first half of the year. Now we seem to have stalled a little bit. Uh, just checking the numbers today, going into today's trading on Thursday the 16th, and we're flat on the S&P. And, you know, triple Qs, we're down about 1%. So, Steve, what are you seeing as the differences of what you saw first half and versus second half so far from what we've got? Yeah, I think that the first half was a real surprise for a lot of people. You know, I distinctly remember back last November and December, so many of the talking heads thinking that this was going to be another poor year. And, you know, lo and behold, the market has just a major rally in the first half. And I think that rally really is, uh, we saw it in the megatech stocks, really, you know, the market was about five stocks in the first half of the year. You know, that led to the S&P 500 being up about 16%. And I think that, uh, surge is led by two components for the megatech stocks. One, a little bit of a reversion to the mean. They had to make up some uh, lost ground for 2022. But I also think, you know, uh, artificial intelligence is a real thing. And the megatech stocks have a very, very good lead in artificial intelligence. So I think a combination of that reversion to the mean and AI helped lead some of those stocks higher. Uh, what we've seen so far, you know, coming, uh, out of July uh, and August, and I'd say even like over the last you know three months, there has definitely been uh, a trend, a, a little bit of a sector rotation away from the megatech stocks. Uh, recently, we really saw a good rebound in the energy stocks. We saw a rebound in the infrastructure stocks. So I think that that uh, market rally that we saw, which was really highly concentrated, is now beginning to span expand out into other sectors, and I think. That's largely based on uh, the confidence, you know, that we're not going to be going into uh, a hard recession or maybe even a soft recession. Uh, in fact, as I was watching CNBC this morning, a number of the talking heads were saying, you know, the Fed and Jerome Powell may have actually done it. They may have stuck the landing. And I think we have seen that play out of the market, um, you know, in terms of that rotation from the megatech stocks to some of the energy stocks and the infrastructure stocks, which did so poorly in the beginning of the year. Yeah, I want to talk to you more about that breadth question, because as you said, we've seen a rotation. And right, we've got a soft landing pretty much now looking like a consensus. And we've also got the Fed terminal rate maybe even reached. I mean, there's slight chance for another hike down the road, but it's still less than 50% on what we got. And we've got cuts coming in maybe in the first quarter of 2024, according to Fed Funds Futures. So, you know, things are looking good for, for other sectors other than those big dominant ones, you know, that we saw, you're right, like Infotech, consumer discretionary and communication services, those are your mega cap sectors. They're all up, 
you know, around 40% in the first half of the year. Right now, they're all in negative territory uh, so far. And uh, we've seen, you know, as you said, energy, which was down 7% in the first half of the year, now up 9% so far. So we are seeing more breadth. And if you look at the sectors overall, I mean, it could be, couldn't be more even. We've got five sectors down, five sectors up, one flat, and no, none of them up or down more than in a single digit percentage points. So what can our listeners and Seeking Alpha readers look for in a, this environment? I mean, it's going to lend itself more to a stock picking environment, I would think. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I have to say from a quant perspective, I actually try to listen to the talking heads as little as possible. Um, really, what we do from a quant perspective is we're, you know, constantly every day, every week, every month, we're looking for stocks that are very strong on fundamentals. And sometimes stocks that are strong on fundamentals uh, could go against what the talking heads are saying from a macro perspective. But over the long term, that's where you find mispriced opportunities. So we really like to stick with our quant model. Uh, and for those of you that are new to Seeking Alpha Quant, uh, the basis of the system is that we look for stocks that are collectively strong on the characteristics of value, growth, profitability, momentum, and positive analyst EPS revisions. Uh, I could say, conversely, we have stocks that are strong sells or sells. We're looking for stocks that have those poor EPS revisions. Um, so pr pretty much antithetical to those metrics that I mentioned of value, growth, profitability, momentum, and EPS revisions on the long side, we're looking for those to be collectively strong. And on the sell side or the bearish side, we'd be looking for them to be weak. Uh, in the beginning of the year, we had an article uh, that I wrote, which was the top 10 stocks. And uh, it, you know, it looked like a shaky start in the beginning of the year because the megatech was doing so well. But really, you know, between the beginning of the year and now, the stocks, those top 10 stocks have performed extraordinarily. On a whole, the top 10 stocks are up about 38% from that article. Some of the top performers were stocks that were almost at the time completely unknown. Uh, the best performer was Supermicro Computer. It's up 217% year to date. Uh, another stock, and this speaks to sort of broadening out, not just in the tech sector, was Modine Manufacturing. That stock is up 119%. Uh, and then we had a Chinese stock, which you know people were really against it at the time. It is Miniso Group, and that stock is up 88% uh, year to date. So we've had some really good performers that are, you know, uh, really super micro was in the tech sector, but it was not a mega tech stock. And on the whole, that portfolio has done really well. Uh, the timing is, you know, perfect now. We just recently published another article, which is the top 10 stocks for the remainder of the year. And I'm pleased to say some of those names just since the beginning of July have done incredibly well. Uh, we recommended Sterling Infrastructure. And since July, uh, that stock is up 40% just in the last four weeks. We recommended Extreme Networks. That stock is up 15%. And we recommended MI Homes, which is up 8%. So what is, I think, a little bit interesting about this We've had a pullback in those megatech stocks in, uh, you know, I'd say really, you know, uh, June, July, August, and the model really picked up to the pullback. So many of the megatechs did well early in the year, then they pulled back. So uh, the model actually started recommending Google 
and Meta. And this, it's like the first time in years that those stocks have made their way to strong buys in the model. Now, of course, they did have a really good beginning of the year. And I mentioned that was a bit of a reversion to the mean because they lost so much performance in 2022. But what we've seen with these, uh, especially Meta has been really interesting because they had a huge problem with basically, you know, ballooning expenses with the metaverse. And I think what they did really well was get those expenses under control. And they've really, you've seen their, their traditional advertising business pick up, but you've seen them make really great headway with artificial intelligence. And that's the same thing that we've seen with Google, you know, a pickup in their traditional advertising, but also really making headway with artificial intelligence as well. So we've come across a point where the first time in years, uh, the valuation framework for these stocks looks you know, very attractive from a quant perspective, which we have not seen in a long time, but simultaneously uh, the growth has actually picked up over what we saw in 2022. So we have a number of interesting uh, stocks in that top 10 for the second half. Uh, what other stocks and sectors are kind of popping up for the second half then? Yeah, so outside um, of Meta and Google, the other tech stock I have is Extreme Networks. Uh, that stock has definitely been on a surge. That's up about 46% year to date and uh, up 150% over the last year. Now you may say, okay, with stocks making those kind of moves, um, aren't you like chasing momentum? Well, the fact is that these stocks have been demonstrating good earnings. And when the earnings are there, and the PE ratio is attractive, the historical price performance to me is just more a validation that the company is doing something well. As long as the valuation framework is there and the growth is there, I'm not concerned that these stocks are 40% or 200%. As long as the valuation is attractive and the growth remains attractive, uh, you know, it's a stock that we'll be recommending. Um, another sector that's done really well, and this is kind of counterintuitive because mortgage rates have gone up so much, but uh, home builders have done really well. I mentioned uh, we have MI Homes, and uh, that stock has had terrific performance, and also Green Brick Partners. Uh, and last year, like real estate was one of the worst performing sectors. Um, uh, I mean, year to date, and home building has been a great performing sector. Uh, MI Homes, as I mentioned, one of our picks is up about 100%, and Green Brick Partners is up about 115%. Uh, over the last year. So it's a testament that what these companies are doing is working despite mortgage rates going up. And really it's, you know, if you're, you, you, you don't have to do a lot of research, you know, for existing homes uh, with mortgage rates going up, buy, sellers don't wanna sell because if they sell and they need to get a new mortgage, they're actually paying more. So they're very resistant to selling their existing homes. So this really opens it up for the home builders, which would sort of subsidize uh, mortgage rates. And that's one of the reasons, uh, especially in the faster growing parts of the country, and as people get out of cities like New York and San Francisco uh, and go to other parts uh, where these home builders are, their business has been exceptional. Uh, there's another company which is really uh, you know industry related, industrial related, it's Sterling Infrastructure. Uh, they're focused on construction and engineering as well. And they undertake everything from projects on highways, roads, bridges, and airports, and many more things along those lines. Uh, Sterling, uh, the performance so far, just we added that to our Alpha Picks portfolio in the beginning of the month. And already over the last four weeks, Sterling is up 40%. Uh, 
uh, and it's got a PE ratio of just 16 times. So uh, there are a number of industrial companies that we really like too. And then uh, again, it's broadening out from IT sector and the communication sector. We're really seeing the market broaden out. And some of the stocks that we like and have done well are American Airlines, Delta, and Carnival Corporation. And obviously these were some of the worst performing stocks during the pandemic. Uh, but people have come out of the pandemic with a vengeance to travel, and these companies are doing incredibly well. Uh, so that sort of rounds out the, the stocks for the top 10 for the second half of the year. And uh, my expectation is, just as we saw in the beginning of the first half, uh, we could see some weak performance. Uh, obviously, you know, the market was up about maybe 3% in July, but it's actually tapered off into August. There are some, you know, big events that could put uncertainties in front of the market. And when there are uncertainties there, you know, these stocks could get a little bit cheaper. We saw that when we wrote our article and it's all about sort of identifying these stocks when they're mispriced. So I would probably use any, you know, weakness that we see in September and October, which historically are very, very bad periods for the market. And if you add uncertainty on top of it, and some of the uncertainties that you have um, have to do with port strikes uh, in September, the student loan payments have to resume. And for a lot of people, that's gonna be incredibly painful. So there are, are a combination of things out there that could offer uncertainty going into September and October. And I would probably use any weakness in these stocks as a buying opportunity. Yeah, you mentioned um, the cruise line stocks and the airline stocks that you had. And it is fascinating, the, you know, the amount of pent up demand that there was for travel that has kind of really driven great or you know, great numbers and bookings numbers for these companies. And, you know, people keep waiting for the U.S. consumer to kind of stumble completely. But then we just saw this blowout retail sales number. So it's a very, you know, very interesting economic landscape where they, you know, things are are still motoring along, you know, there's looking at like, you know, maybe below trend growth is kind of the definition of a soft landing, but that's still growth. It's still landing, but it's also still growth. So I guess, yeah, that's a lot to take into account about how you think is going to, the rest of the year is going to go play out. Um, I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about the energy sector. It's a tough sector to gauge because it is with its low uh, weighting in the index and it's, it's pretty volatile. But we saw, you know, really kind of miserable um, EPS growth numbers in Q2 for energy companies overall. They were, you know, in the basement as far as um, other sectors um, seeing EPS growth. Um, but, you know, they have led, the stocks have led so far into the second half of the year. That's a lot to do, obviously, with oil prices rising as they have been. But are there any names that have, have popped up on the, the quant radar for that? Yeah, you know, the uh, you mentioned energy has performed uh, really well. I think like in the last four weeks, uh, large cap energy is up about 7.62%, but the small cap energy is up almost 11.5%. Um, so, you know, I think we actually, you know, could see as the market broadens out, I think we can see some of the energy stocks uh, performing well too. You, you know, you had the Saudis cut back on production that actually did, you know, usher in um, oil getting a little bit higher. Uh, I don't think you're going to see 
um, the the federal government doing what they've done over the last year or two, especially during the pandemic, which was re- releasing the strategic petroleum reserves. So I think that's sort of setting the market up to take more of a, a natural formation. Um, in the energy sector, some of the top stocks um, that we have right now, uh, there's the number one stock is called, uh, and it's a really small cap stock, is called Stealth Gas. It's only got a market cap of about 200 million. Um, on the larger side, you have uh, Weatherford International, and you have TK Tankers, which has been a strong buy for quite a while. And uh, that stock, you know, uh, the tankers, you have to be really careful. You want to purchase it at the right time. And the stock has definitely been picking up some momentum. Uh, There's Marathon Petroleum, which we continue to like and have a strong buy on that. There is, uh, that's a large cap stock. Um, Another sort of mid cap stock would be Gulfport Energy around 2 billion. So there's a really, like when you look at the energy stocks, we have a screen. Um, If you're, you know, one of our premium customers uh, and you go to the screen and you bring up energy stocks, what I really like about it is there's a great mix of small cap, mid cap, and large cap energy stocks there. Um, And this is, you know, a sector that did really well by quant uh, in 2022. Our overall model, when you looked at the top stocks, it was really energy heavy. And that started actually in 2021. And, you know, I almost had to do a second take because when we were sort of, you know, in the midst of the pandemic uh, and energy was getting completely slaughtered, the numbers on a lot of the energy stocks that we follow really um, the revisions took place very quickly down and then back up. And I was surprised to see how quickly uh, the earnings revisions took place to the upside. And when that did happen, we are the top of our screen overall was loaded with energy stocks. And as a result, um, our strong buys last year, the performance crushed the market. We really, really outperformed the S&P 500. Um, And then when we sort of came into this year, we saw a broadening out of the top stocks. But what I'm liking and seeing just the energy sector now is again, sort of a breadth of small cap, mid cap and large cap stocks. So uh, I would definitely say, take a look at the stocks, um, see you know what is good. People have to sort of take into consideration what their risk is. They may not want the small cap stocks or they may want the risk of the small cap stocks. Um, but we have some str- really strong quant ratings on a lot of energy stocks right now. Well, you mentioned screens. And so that's a great segue because I was just about to ask, I mean, the screening tool that we have on Seeky Alpha is by far and away my favorite uh, feature that we have, and I use it all the time. I love screening for you know certain sectors, and then seeing what quant grades for you know going for like say oh you know top grades on valuation and momentum. But you're the expert. You're the quant guy. What do you have any favorite screens that you like to use um, on a kind of the, the, regular the basis? The screens are addictive. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, when you start. Um, getting familiar with the Seeking Alpha platform, uh, you find you're on it multiple times a day if you like stocks. And the screening aspect of it is fantastic because we have a number of ready-made screens, which are all the sector screens. And you know you could take a look at any stock or you could just do run a general screen on the overall universe of stocks. Um, and that's like you know readily available too. You just click on top stocks. But the beauty of it is whether you're looking at something that we have that's pre-baked 
or the sector screens, you have the ability to make changes to it. So you could change uh, market cap or you could change uh, parameters for valuation or growth or profitability and really tighten up the range you know, that you want. So you could just find stocks that have all straight A's or have um, valuation metrics that are like below maybe a multiple of 15 times or you know growth metrics that are above 20%. So it really, it's dynamic and you could work with the preset screens or you could start editing it and you know making your own parameters. Uh, I like on a daily basis, I look at the top stocks. Uh, I also have grades on ETFs. So there's a screener for the ETFs and you can see what ETFs um, are doing well and are the top rated ones overall, or you could do it by asset class too. You could break it down. So the screens are completely addictive. And uh, the other addictive aspect is you could load up your own portfolio and see what the grades are on the stocks in your portfolio. And that's something that you look at all the time. And if you have a stock, you know, where it comes up as a sell and the valuation grade might be a D or the growth grade might be a D, you know, you're one click away from finding another stock in that same sector that's, you know, uh, a similar stock, but has straight A's across the board and is a strong buy. Yeah, what I'd like to do is also take some uh, other research. If I'll find some notes that I'm uh, getting or writing up uh, for the news team, I'll say, oh, look, you know, these these are listed as like the most out of favor or most in favor with long only funds or most shorted by hedge funds and kind of match them up on how they're doing with our quant quant rating system and you can get some interesting discrepancies of like of you know and opportunities like of like you know uh, entry points i think to get into stocks that way yeah and, and you know what's important to remember is like you know we're talking about our platform but we're i'm not talking up the platform it's purely a data-driven process so it, you know if you're interested in stocks you have to look at the data and I think what's really wonderful about the platform is that we actually interpret the data for people. And you could go to Bloomberg or Reuters or FactSet and they will provide you with the absolute data, but they don't interpret that data and we do. And simply the interpretation is just taking a look at a metric for a company and comparing that same metric to the rest of the sector and showing you what's strong or weak. So it's simply just interpreting it based on a data-driven process and it's amazing what comes through in that process. So I don't know if you have the data to answer this last question, but I'm going to throw it out anyway. Do you think we see a kind of resurgence in the AI trade and the um, big tech trade going through the end of the year? Or does it look more to you in your experience like we're going to have a more broader rally kind of going into the end of 2023? You know, I try to avoid sort of commenting on the, the market overall. Uh, because, you know, for me, it's just about seeing, you know, what's coming up in the quant model every day. And of course, we definitely, you know, we'll see trends in the quant model. So we see like industrial stocks doing well, home builders, uh, energy stocks coming up. But I, I did mention, I think um, there are a number of um, potential issues for the market in the next two months. And I think that, you know, we're, we're beginning to see the market sort of taper off from that big rally that it had. And I think, you know, between um, potential port strikes, uh, you know, the, the even like strikes, what we're seeing with the writers, uh, you know, inflation is starting to come down, but usually people find inflation is, you know, sticky. So, you know, not every single month we're gonna see deflation occurring. We're gonna see periods where some of those in inflation numbers are sticky. 
Um, so I think that's something to pay attention to. But I do think overwhelmingly, you know, we are seeing um, earnings more positive with breadth across the market. And I think, you know, towards the tail end of the year, that is supportive of the market doing well. And I think it's supportive of 2024 as well, especially if we come into a period where we find that, you know, the, the Fed will cease the rate hikes and maybe even potentially like bring them down. And I think that's going to be helpful for the broader market. Um, I feel like there's a question there that I did not answer that. <laughs> well, I can tell you for the record on quant rating, well, SPY's currently got a buy on it, and Triple Q has currently got a strong buy. So our listeners should definitely log on to Seeking Alpha, see why those ratings, and check that out. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks again for joining us. I just would want to thank you once again for having me on your podcast. It's a great show, and uh, hopefully what uh, people heard today is informative. Thanks for listening to the Investing Experts Podcast. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice of any sort. At times, myself or my guest may own positions in the securities mentioned. For full access to transcripts, as well as analyst ratings, stock quant scores, and dividend grades, subscribe to Seeking Alpha Premium at seekingalpha.com slash subscriptions.